the NEPA Scene Podcast. We're coming to you live from Cole Creative in downtown Wilkes-Barre. I'm Rich Howells. I'm the founder and editor of NEPA Scene. And I'm Brittany Boot. I'm the owner of Boot Photography Studio. And I thought we were going to get the band back together tonight, but uh, <laughs> that, that didn't happen. Uh, John was supposed to be able to make it at the last minute. His uh, new uh, newborn boy got a little fussy, so uh, we're going to let him slide on that one. <laughs> we, we better see him next week. We have a, an interesting discussion next week, but we'll talk about that later. Tonight, uh, we're here with uh, Hazleton punk rock musician, animator, and comic creator Ted Hazard of Hazard Studios. Uh, so we're going to talk about his uh, ongoing comic and animated series, Crust Tunes, uh, his music videos for bands like uh, Condition Oakland, uh, Aswell, uh, The Twindos, so, so many other bands. Uh, his upcoming show at the uh, Hazleton Art League, uh, with Treadwater, uh, Marcus A.D., Ace and the Kings, It Never Fails, and uh, Van Van Carr. It's a, it's a clever name. And more. So uh, please join the conversation. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if any of you are interested in animation, uh, if you like punk rock music, any of that kind of stuff, we would love to get your questions and comments. Uh, just leave them down there uh, below. We will get to those uh, at some point in the show. Um, just whenever something pops in your head, just uh, just leave it down there in the comments. Uh, but before we get to the interview, uh, we have uh, some beers to introduce from uh, Beer Boys in Wilkes-Barre. Now they have uh, 72 beers on tap. Um, they uh, have at least 24 from Pennsylvania breweries, including uh, Breaker Brewing, which uh, is is uh, local uh, right here in the uh, Wilkes-Barre area. So. Uh, we have a we have a great echo going on here. That's that's really <laughs> that's totally helping the flow of the show. Thank you though. If you can't hear, you, you can you can also you can also bitch at us in the comments as well. We've had that we've had that happen a few times. Uh, I think we're pretty good tonight though. If I can hear me, you can certainly hear me. Uh, but we have uh, the uh, blackberry jalapeno mind fire. Uh, which I personally do not recommend, but if you're one of those insane people that like peppers in your beer, then uh, I'm sure you're going to love this. Uh, I, I personally don't, but uh, knock yourself out. We also have the Five Whistle Wheat. Uh, that, that sounds pretty good. I don't think we've had that one mm -mm, on the show so before. And uh, the Bell Snickerler, which... I like the sound of that one. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't know what that is. So uh, which one should we, we start with? The Whistle Wheat. The Whistle Wheat? Okay. Sounds like a smooth one to start off with. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. Now, is there anybody else? Are you, you, you have a little, little bit. You have a little bit? Now I'll bring some to the boys. Is that the only cups we have? No, there's more cups in there. <laughs> they can pour themselves. Here, I'll bring that over. Okay. Well, if you're only going to have a little bit, then I poured more generously <laughs> for you there. Uh, <laughs> so we uh, we also uh, want to give a shout out to uh, the V Spot, which is our uh, newest sponsor. Now uh, they have one of the biggest, most popular bars in northeastern Pennsylvania, so they certainly don't need an introduction from me. Uh, but uh, I was there for the uh, the Jackson V benefit on Sunday. It was a ton of fun. I don't know if you guys. Uh, saw our live stream at all. We live streamed a couple of the bands uh, that were playing there, including Nowhere Slow, who we had on uh, the show a couple weeks ago. 
Uh, that was a fun one as well. So if you didn't, if you, uh, you, you want to catch up on past episodes, they're all on NEPAScene.com right now, just under the podcast tab at the top. Um, now this week at uh, the V Spot, they have uh, Jonathan Dressler on Thursday, uh, Small Town Titans on Friday, and uh, the recently reunited uh, Grace's Downfall on Saturday, and uh, karaoke with DJ Huff on Sunday. Uh, we also want to shout out to uh, our, one of our other sponsors, The Keys in downtown Scranton. Their open, open mic is on Thursday. Uh, Peculiar Culinary Company will be there on Friday. Uh, they might as well just open up their shop there at this point. I mean, they've, they've been there uh, uh, every Friday for the past uh, how many uh, months at this point. But, uh, but it's, wor it's worth checking out. It's worth going down for. They've sold out a bunch of times. Uh, really, really good food there. It's also First Friday, so there's going to be an art show there on Friday. And then later that night is uh, music by Static in the Attic. Uh, we also want to plug, even though uh, they took all our parking tonight and we were driving around like mad <laughs> trying to find a parking spot for, for blocks ahead, but uh, that shows you how popular shows at the Kirby Center are. We want to plug up uh, a coming show at the uh, Kirby Center uh, this Friday. Uh, comedian Eddie B. from Texas is coming this Friday, February 2nd on his Teachers Only Tour, uh, which was uh, with the uh, recently uh, uh, announced layoffs from the uh, Scranton School District. Everybody obviously needs to let off some steam uh, from that awful situation. Uh, so this guy is definitely the guy to do that. Uh, he was a middle school teacher for a number of years uh, before he became a stand-up comedian. So he started basing his comedy around teaching and the struggles of being a teacher and dealing with kids and their parents who are probably worse. Uh, so he started a video series uh, called uh, What Teachers Really Say, uh, which you can find on YouTube. It's very funny. Uh, made up of all the things that teachers wish they could say, but they can't. <laughs> so uh, if you, you or your friends or your family members are teachers uh, or, or uh, your friends are teachers, or if you just deal with kids on a regular basis, uh, you're definitely going to enjoy the show. Uh, he's a very funny guy. Uh, hopefully we'll have an interview with him uh, either tomorrow or, or early Friday. Uh, on the website, but uh, but go check out his stuff. It's very funny. It's Friday, February second at eight p.m. Uh, tickets are thirty-five, forty-five, and sixty-five dollars, uh, depending on, on where you want to sit. Whew. Okay, so I think we got through all that. <laughs> Last week I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did, you did, you did good with that. You did good with that. I was how, like, how did, did you get guys through have, everything? Did you guys have fun with? Uh, Tom we did. Ryan? Oh yeah, yeah, we did. Tom, I thought Tom was a great guest. Yeah. Because he's so animated. And oh, yeah, he's definitely very... <laughs> and has so many stories. He's a very passionate guy. Yeah. You know, loves what he does and that kind of thing. Yeah, we had fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Ted, uh, now the, the, the first thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, you know, a lot of your work, your animated work and everything, uh, your comics and stuff are, are music-based in some form. You're also a musician. So where did it start? Was it in being a musician and working to the other stuff or, or vice versa? Well, it, it's kind of strange. Um, I've, I've, you know, I've been drawing all my life since I was like three years old, but we're not going to go back that far because yeah. <laughs> that's going to take forever. Um, I actually started drawing comics before I got into the local music scene when I was about 15, 16. Um, I was really into like a lot of 90s animation, um, you know, Joan and Vasquez, um, just like a lot of stuff you'd see just on, on like, you know, any old television station in like the early 2000s early 90s yeah. um and i just you know i wasn't paying attention in in class obviously i mean i was taking applied biochemistry um <laughs> so i just like would draw little comics in my um composition book 
And then one day, my friend, my own friend's like, hey, why don't you Xerox them, staple them together, and sell them? So started doing that. That's mm. how I got into selling comics. Um, and it, the comics actually got me into going to shows. I sat next to this kid um, named Tyler. We'd be in a band at some point. But he'd go, he'd always give me a flyer for a show and be like, hey, you didn't go to this this weekend. And I was just like, I'll try to make it out. And this is like went on for like a year. And <laughs> I go, I'll go, I'll try to make it out. And he's like, you know what? You say that every single week and you never go. When are you going to go? I'm like, I just told him like, I don't see any interest in going. He's like, well, what if I give you a table to sell your comics at? All right, I'll go. <laughs> and I think I was at my table for about 15 minutes and... The rest of the show, I was just watching the bands and, you know, getting in the pit and stuff. And that, that night, that really got me into um, the local music scene of Hazleton, Pennsylvania. You know, all those old bands like No Service Project and uh, Team Radar. Um, and eventually, I stopped working on the comics as much and started focusing more on the music. And it kind of flip-flopped back and forth um, until a couple years ago... Um, I really wasn't doing much with the comics. I think I just released like a graphic novel called Life is Pain. And one day I was bored out of my mind and I drew a comic about my friends um, in Condition, Oakland. But at the time they were my friends. I was not in the band at that point. Um, about a record label that Tyler runs called Guts Crew Records. So I drew a little comic about that. Showed it to my couple friends and they were like, this is good. You should put this on the internet. So I put the first one on the internet. And I think I had said, I'm going to draw one of these a week. Turn into one of them a day. Um, so since 2013, I've been mostly every day, I'm sure I missed a couple days, um, putting out, uh, Crest Tunes, which is what Guts Crew Records evolved into. Mm. Um, so, and eventually Crest Tunes brought on the animation, but that's probably a different subject. <laughs> <laughs> so how many of those stories, uh, that are, that are in the comics are, based on real stories or experiences that you've had or maybe somebody else has had? Quite a lot. Um, well, right now, what I'm putting out in the in the comic, um, it kind of took on a life of its own. Like, it started generating its own stories. But a lot of the jokes you'll see on the comics in, like, the deli or, you know, just some that are, like, day-to-day -day or even in the cartoon itself are... A, a lot of them are based off of things that have happened to me personally as a musician or I've seen happen to people I know or I've just like witnessed at a show or something like the one episode of Crust Tunes I think it's called um I don't even remember the names of my own episodes it's so weird <laughs> um whatever episode it was that they got stuck on the interstate I think it's like season two that actually happened to me mm -hmm. I was driving home from Williamsport one night and I was like oh well uh, I'm going to go home early because, you know, I got work early and I ended up being stuck in a traffic jam at three in the morning on Interstate 80, <laughs> <laughs> having to go to the bathroom. So that's where that episode came from. Um, but yeah, like there's tons of stuff that have happened to me. Like them, there's um, another episode, Friendly Hostility. That's some kind of based on something that has happened, but some things were changed not to offend people. <laughs> Yeah, there, there's always. Do you have to deal with that a lot in terms of uh, if you're basing it on people, you know, and you feel like. Well, you see, have that was to... that why a lot of people give me flack because um, Guts Crew Records, when Crustings was Guts Crew Records, it was mm -hmm. based on my friends who were in bands. Okay. And when I started making it more or less about made up characters, 
people got upset. They're like, why aren't you putting us in your comics anymore? And I had to explain to them, I can't keep going like this with people I know because I'm going to piss somebody off. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, you're going to put, you know, you're, you're having to essentially put words in their mouth. Pretty much. <laughs> so sooner What's or later. What's the saying? If you're not pissing people off, you're not doing it right. <laughs> so it would be true. easier if you just have, you know, native characters right. that aren't real people doing whatever you want with them than having real people and running their name through the mud. That's kind of, sure. that's something you want to do. It's rather just <laughs> make up your own stories, you know, <laughs> your own people. So how did that, de did that develop from there into Hazard Studios or, or did that, that um, come from some, somewhere else? Hazard Studios, I don't really, I don't necessarily remember where the name Hazard Studios came from. I used to do my comics under the moniker of SMP Comics, mm. which I don't even remember what it used to stand for. <laughs> um, but a friend kind of took that name and turned it into his own thing. And at that point, I was like, I, I didn't want it to have the same name as that. So I right. I think I kind of just took Hazard Studios when it was like, oh, we're just going to put this on there. And I think I, I might have slapped it on the back of Captain Anarchy um, and the next couple graphic novels I did. And then when I started doing videos for people and started getting a commercial work, I, I just started using that name because I figured it's there. People know what it is, so why not just use Hazard Studios and kind of blossomed into what it is today. So uh, for those who aren't familiar, uh, tell people what you do with, with Hazard Studios. What are the kind of projects that you put out um, on a regular basis? Well, right now, Hazard Studios, I, I tell people it's mostly a video production slash animation studio we do music videos for bands um we do some commercial work for for some businesses um and we do animation um a lot of animated music videos right now but we do have our own animated series um like crust tunes like we mentioned before um wine and dine which is based on the restaurant industry um and we're working on some some other projects too that are going to be you know, pretty cool. Um, we released some short films. We released Life is Pain um, in 2016. That was in a couple film festivals. Um, we're working on more now, but it's like with, with the volume of music video work that's coming in, it's mm -hmm. kind of impossible. Like I can't, if I have have something that, that's bigger than one of my little pet projects that I want to just do in my spare time, I have to take that. I can't mm -hmm. drop everything. I can't like drop doing um the music video for king kong hates the wolf band because i want to get season four of crust tunes out because right. that's kind of like a conflict not really a conflict of interest just like um i kind of feel like i have to do it you know right because it's like a like season four it's always going to be there like i know what i want to do with it where i want to go with it it's just right now i feel like the music videos they're kind of more important to right. get done <laughs> Now, how does the how has the story of uh, Crust Tunes developed from from the beginning till now? Like, what what has gone on from season to season? Oh well, like the the actual seasons of the cartoon. Mm -hmm. um, see, this that, that's a weird. Nobody really asked me that before because the comic it kind of goes in like a its own little storyline, mm. and sometimes the storyline of the comic doesn't necessarily affect that of the cartoon, but. If there's long gaps between seasons, like 
between season two and season three. Whatever is going on in the comic usually affects the next season of Crust Tunes. Like right now in season, well, not season of whatever I'm working on on comic wise, um, Krusty Keenan and, and his girlfriend Straight Edge Susie, they, they left town pretty much. Like they don't want to. They, they got kicked out of the house they were living in, and now they're living in the van. So that's probably going to affect season four in some way. Um, but necessarily, like, storyline-wise, like, the, the, the cartoon itself, it's kind of it's stuck in its own little bubble. Mm. But, like I said, if something happens, like, major in the comic, like, like a couple breaks up or somebody gets a new job or something or a band breaks up and a new band started, that's going to happen in season four. Mm -hmm. Um Pretty much just like if you'd like watch any uh, television show or cartoon based on your favorite comic, comic book, something like that happens. They're, they're obviously going to bring a note of it to the show. Right. Or, you know, adapt it somehow. <laughs> well, the, the thing that I like about the, the comic, uh, having seen it pop up uh, a few times over the years online and in, you know, various forums, various uh, social media and stuff like that is uh, you can just read it and enjoy that comic without having to know all the context too. Right. It's kind of like uh, you know like like your 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 Sunday strips or your newspaper strips uh, you know on a daily basis you can just open it up. You don't have to know what Beetle Bailey's been up to to get the joke <laughs> that's going on or or you know you, there's still a punchline at the end. Yeah. There's nothing worse to me uh, I, I I will go on the record and say this and I know it's very controversial but fuck Prince Valiant, okay? Fuck comics like Prince Valiant. I don't like that shit because you have to you'd have to read every single one to get what's going on, and there's no there's no big punch to it. There'll be entire comics you'll just you 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 can collect them all for months, and nothing will actually happen for months on end till you get to maybe one battle. I hate that shit. What I like like uh, I, I like uh, being able to pick it up at any time, and enjoy the joke, and then you know move on. You know I think that's what comic strips should be. This this whole ongoing you know kind of stuff and then a lot of times too if you get like something like dick tracy or something like that uh you know because I'm, I'm the kind of person that reads that stuff will you know they'll they'll spend the first two or three panels telling you what happened already if you didn't miss if you didn't read it the day before before they can get to what happened that day and that that, that annoys me too and then like the last it's the whole comic just the last two panels and that's it. <laughs> exactly. But then exactly. the next comic will be three panels explaining what happened in that one panel. Right. See, that's another thing with the show. Um, I've toyed around, like, you've obviously seen BoJack Horseman. Have yeah. you seen it? Mm -hmm. I've toyed around with the idea on my shows of doing, like, that um, ongoing storyline, mm. like, story arc in a season. And, like, I tried to do it a million times, but in Crust Tunes, I feel like if I did that, it would ruin the show. Mm -hmm. Because if you sit down, you watch an episode, there's something that happens at the beginning, and then there's a, a resolution. I guess that's a, a real weak term of saying what it is. Because right. um, usually it's just a band, something bad happens to the band at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's all self-contained. And I feel like anybody... Could just watch that and be like, "Oh, I enjoyed that. I don't have to know that Krusty Keenan is uh, homeless to understand any of these jokes. Right? You just have to understand that he's kind of pathetic." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh, by the way, we should uh, somebody grab this uh, this jalapeno beer and get it out of my face. <laughs> it, it, it Gerard, me. I feel like this one has your name. That, on that it. one, that one has Gerard's name all. So you, you, For you some reason, I feel like if it was blueberry jalapeno, I'd like it. But it's blackberry. 
so uh, so how, how how many years have you been doing this now? Like um, well, looking back on it, comic wise, um, I've been working on Crustitudes for about five years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll be it'll be about five six years, probably five years in uh, in May mm-hmm. or April. I started in April in two thousand thirteen, um, but the animation stuff I've been working on for about three years, mm-hmm. um, and that's all kind of self taught. Didn't really go to school for that or anything. Um, and I just kind of taught myself as I went. <laughs> now, are you doing all the voices for that, too? Uh, I do a lot of the voices, but I do not do all the voices. Okay. Let's see if I can name off my head what characters I do on Crestunes. Let's see. Krusty Keenan, Hawk, Punk Rock Friend number three. Um, I do the voice of Robber. That's a little guy with the, the pink mask um, that breaks into the convenience store sometimes. Uh, convenience store guy. Hardcore Polar Bear. Did I mention him? No, I do Hardcore Polar Bear. I used to do Dooku, but now my friend Marcelino Diaz does the voice of Dooku. Um, Who else do I do? There's tons. I do random little voices on the show, too. Like, if there's, like, a character where it's like, oh, he needs to sound like a a 90s Saturday morning cartoon villain like the Shredder, I'll do it because I can do it. Oh, we need, like, a a nerdy Jewish-sounding person. I can do that just without even trying. (laughs) So um, I do a, a lot of... A lot of the voices on the show um and then we have other people like caitlin adams she's uh used to be a theater actress she's a a graduate of king's college she does a lot of the female voices on the show Mm -hmm. she does uh shield the desolate one she now does straight edge susie um she does tamina aka the the girl from the punk house um zach hauser who's actually in van van car he does aaron the anarchist ditchy ditch um he does uh, Officer Sturgeon. Uh, that's another character I do. I do the voice of, um, I think it's Lou, Lieutenant Rollins. What if Sergeant Rollins, Officer Rollins, whatever. The other cop, the one that's not Sturgeon. Um, and there's a lot, a lot of other people do voices. I mostly, I just, um, if I'm looking for someone to voice something and I think they can do it, I'll normally think of someone's voice in my head and be like, this person would, do, would be a really good voice for this person. But they'll come in and they'll be like trying like, oh, well, can I do like a goofy voice? I'm like, no, you do your voice. And then if I have another character that I want you to do and I think you could do a cool goofy voice for it, then you could do that voice. So that's mm-hmm. kind of how it goes. Um, Tyler Troutman in Condition Oakland, he does the voice of uh, D, the singer-songwriter guy. His girlfriend, Allison Storm, does the voice of Senior Girl Sam on the show. Um, and it this list goes on and on and on. Um, I'm sure I love I've, all the names. I love the character names. Yeah, they're just a lot of times. Like I'll think of a character's name, and then I'll think of what it's going to encompass. I'm like, yeah. we have this newer character I'm working on. His name is Edgy Reggie. Edgy Reggie's whole thing <laughs> is he's just edgy. Like I think the first comic I did with him, um, Punk Rock Friend Number Three is complaining about the band he's in, and Edgy Reggie's like. I don't see why you're in a band. It's pointless. And he just says, wow, you're edgy. He's just like, yeah, I'm edgy Reggie. But edgy Reggie's whole thing is he's not in a band. He he doesn't um, appreciate PC culture. Um, he uh, he just wants to work at his gas station job for the rest of his life and, and not have to deal with any any kind of alternative culture whatsoever. <laughs> so so he's he's like like every shit commenter on the internet. Pretty much, <laughs> he's basically an internet troll. Yeah. Um, 
But he's not. See, that would have been funny. I mean, I already have a character who basically is an internet troll in Captain Dislike. I also do his voice. <laughs> Captain That's, Dislike. Captain Dislike. That is the hardest voice I've ever had to do. And all it really is is just a really high-pitched, nerdy voice. But every time I do it, I get a headache. <laughs> um, there's other villains on the show I do, too. Um, Michael Bay's on the show. I do his voice. And I just voice him like um, Dr. Robotnik from Sonic the Hedgehog. Um <laughs> And yeah, there's like tons of other voices. Um, Corey Kesselring from um, Rochester, New York. We, um, the band Condition Oakland, we we travel up to Rochester a lot. We have a lot of friends up there. Uh, so a lot of people from from that scene, that punk rock scene, they do voices on the show. Like Adam Kramer, he's in Treadwater. He does the voice of Punk Dad, who's just an old punk guy who drinks, who always has a beer in his hand for some reason. Um, <laughs> Corey Kesselring does a lot of voices. He's a huge fan of 90s animation. So when he saw I did a cartoon, he's like, yo, can I do some voices? Can I do some voices? Three years later, I'm like, fine, you can do voices. Um, <laughs> so I was just giving him random characters. I'm like, here, do the voice of the music store owner, Marshall. And he gave me an old Yiddish guy. It's like, all right, that works. Um, he does the voice <laughs> of uh, Pumpkinhead, the little guy wearing the Not My President t-shirt, um, who's always trying to do stuff with the band, but the band wants nothing to do with him. <laughs> he's, he's basically like the, um, the the D from Always Sunny of their group. Like They never want anything to do with him, but he's always trying to stick his nose into their, whatever they're doing. Um, he also does the voice of um, Benny the Pancake, which basically is the Denny's Pancake, mm. but a parody. <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me a bit of like uh, like SLC Punk and that type of stuff where, where it's really talking about the conventions of the scene and certain people that you see at shows all the time but maybe have never quite placed exactly like who they are. You seem to be able to nail down certain characteristics about you know, those a, people that you see on a regular basis. That's, that's pretty much like a lot of the – like I said, like naming a character is usually where it starts. But really yeah. where it starts is – finding one of those archetypes or like kind of I, I hate to use the word stereotype because it's yeah right. um but those scene stereotypes like i have i had a character um oh, what was his name see i have so many characters i i barely even know any of them um christian mingle he's actually based <laughs> on my friend uh timmy mangle who lives in um oregon right now um but he was like he was the guy who dressed super nice and had the, the suitcase drum set with the acoustic guitar and played, played the shows. <laughs> and I, I, like he kept bugging me. He's like, you need to have like a, like a, a folk music guy. And I'm like, well, I got Ditchy Ditch. He's the folk punk guy. And he's like, no, you need like a, a folk music guy. So I kind of came up with um, that character. And I had another name for him. It was like folk, folk head Phil or something dumb like that. And, and then... Somebody had made a joke. I think actually Danny Lentez from Van Van Car had made, he said to me, he's like, hey, where did you, to me and Tyler, he's like, hey, where did you guys meet Christian Mingle? Immediately my <laughs> head pops up, have a comic about Krusty, Keenan, and Hawk, and they're standing there and someone asks him, hey, how did you guys meet Christian Mingle? And then this character that looks like my <laughs> friend Timmy Mangle walks and he's like, hey, have you met my friend Hawk? His name's mm -hmm. Christian Mingle. That's where his name came from. Um, but he's kind of like, just like that archetype. He's kind of two, two different ones where it's like, he's your generic folk music guy who always wants to play banjo with your band, <laughs> even though you're in a death metal band. Um, but he's also the vape guy who's uh, always outside yes. with the vape pen where he's like, Hey, you vape bro, <laughs> which is perfect for him. Um, 
And a lot of these, um, I'm sure fans of the show have noticed, sound bites um, come back in other other episodes of the mm-hmm. show because we'll have recording sessions, and I'll just get tons of audio from these people. Like like my um, my actors, they come in and they do like maybe like two or three episodes worth of lines. So I can just work on that for six to seven months, and they don't have to come back until we're doing another episode. I'm like, all right, you need to come because we're doing a whole different story and. I can't just use these all these other lines. <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty much that. He moved to Oregon, but his Do You Vape Bro, that's, that's probably just going to keep playing um, for seasons to come. <laughs> um, another guy, um, a rapper from Trenton, New Jersey, Raymond Strife, he does the voice of MC Franco. We actually got that voice at Yardstock 3. Because um, he came to play, and I was like, you want to be on the show? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, here pointing my phone at him. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, just say this line into my phone and you can be on the show. So every episode of season three, he just says, damn son to whatever's going on <laughs> in each episode. It's like a running joke. Um, but yeah, that's where we get a lot of our voices from. <laughs> now, what, what do you use to animate this stuff? Uh, specific programs? Or? Um, I actually mostly do it traditionally. Hmm. It's a mixture of traditional stop motion and digital animation. I'll draw the characters, I'll add all everything that they're ever going to move on their body. Um, like physically on paper. Yes. Okay. Yes, physically on paper. Load it into the computer, basically like South Park did. Mm-hmm. Put it in the computer. I have a huge database of just all sorts of body parts and you know character heads and and little character models that I just manipulate myself <laughs> digitally. And put them all together. Um, I edit a lot of my stuff with Sony Movie Studio and various various other programs. I use I use um, I used to use Photoshop. I use GIMP now because I lost my product key for Photoshop, and now I just like GIMP, so I'm just gonna keep using GIMP. Um, and I, I actually use a lot of uh, Microsoft Office Publisher to uh, create some of the backgrounds and um, some of the objects they use. So like you'll see like a poorly drawn character. Uh, moving around, but he's holding a, a really nice-looking coffee cup or something like that. That's that's why it's that way, because I was like, I don't feel like drawing a coffee cup. I'll just make it in the computer. Right. <laughs> also, another thing like that is, like, with, with cars. I can't draw cars to save my life. Terrible at drawing cars. Hmm. So I'll just make the car in there and, you know, just put it in. Um, but, like, a lot of, lot of stuff I... I use on the shows and the music videos and anything I animate a lot of it has been there for a long time so if you see something pop up like if you see a car in an episode of Simon and Rusty pop up in like my next music video for uh, as well um, it's probably because it is the same car (laughs) (laughs) now do you um, uh, you know what what kind of feedback do you get from people and and does that base is is that does that uh, influence anything that you do? Uh, yes, you know, going forward. Um, I mean, thankfully now I get a lot of positive feedback. When I first started doing animation, I was not good. I mean, if you look back on my YouTube channel, um, the first twenty two shorts of crust tunes look just not good. Like instead of having the the eight or nine different mouth movements, they have like two. <laughs> it's like there's a mouth, and then like another mouth going like this. That's it. Um, and they, like, won't move at all. Now everything's, like, really, like, vivid and crisp and clear and, and clean. Um, 
Well, if you're doing anything even remotely wrong, the internet will let you. Oh yeah, it. that's where that's actually where Captain Dislike came from. Mm. I'm I'm pretty sure it was season one. I had somebody now now who does this makes up a fake YouTube account mm. to purposely go on one of your your YouTube channels <laughs> and says I don't I don't even remember what the what the what they said was, but it was something like along the lines of. This is the worst animation I've ever seen in my life, and you should feel ashamed of yourself. That it's like so harsh. That's, right? That struck so a nerve with me to the point where I screenshotted the the comment and put it on the cover of one of my albums, <laughs> one of my solo albums. And to this day, people see it and they're like, "This is the greatest album art of all time I've ever seen." But that comment, I'm pretty sure. I had a whole other episode planned out where I was like, oh, yeah, we had the voices recorded and everything. I'm like, we're going to do this episode about uh, um, Harper Polar Bear going to um, therapy. <laughs> and we ended up where I was like, nope, we're going to do an episode about a, a guy that lives in his basement and <laughs> and is trying to destroy the world of Crestunes. Um, <laughs> so that's where Captain Dislike came from, one of my favorite characters on the show. Um so it did result in something positive. Yeah. And you know what? He's actually um, one of everybody. Like, I get a lot of feedback from from fans, like to say, "Oh, you like Captain Dislike?" Like when I brought him back at the end of season three, they were like, "Yes, finally!" <laughs> like I got a lot of flack from season two because they're like, "Like, yeah, it got a lot better, but why are you doing a villain of the week thing? Mm. Like, this isn't the Ninja Turtles. It's <laughs> it's a show about the music scene. Yeah. It's like we don't need to see." Um, Krusty Hawk and number three saved the world from an Independence Day spaceship piloted by Michael Bay. We don't need to see that. <laughs> we we want to see them um, go to a show and see the steps are, are so tall and they have to carry all of their amps up it and they keep falling down. That's what we want to see. Yeah, okay. So, you know, you, you learn from your mistakes. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. And if you don't, Captain Dislike will let you know. He'll, he'll let you know. <laughs> yeah. We're actually, we're planning for season four. He at the end of season three, this is another like one of the things I don't do, like the ongoing storyline. The end of season three, he got arrested. So in season four, that we're gonna acknowledge that he's gonna be in jail for maybe like an episode or two and, and we're gonna get him out of there somehow and, and he's gonna extract his revenge on the crust crew <laughs> somehow using the internet. Or maybe he he'll actually get out of his mom's basement for once. Um <laughs> Now, uh, as as a musician, do you end up falling into some of those uh, archetypes or making oh, yes. some of those those same? Um, my my, um, I'm pretty sure I have an OKCupid account, by the way. If anybody wants to go check that out, <laughs> I'm pretty sure in my about me, uh, I call myself a feeble douchebag hipster punk rock elitist, <laughs> which is, I mean, I can see that working. Yeah, well, that's that's pretty much. I guess how I describe myself to people. I'm, I'm, I'm a pessimist. I don't really, I'm not my biggest fan. It's like, if I, if I see like a video I did, like Pulp for instance, and this is like really funny, that video took me three months to do. And that was three months of waking up early, going to my day job, coming home and working on this animation till one in the morning. Um, weeks of that. And before I'm done with a video, I, I render it about 19 times because I always find like tiny little mistakes. Like I'll be like, oh, that looks great. Wait, there's a tiny little speck there. We got to get rid of it. There was at the end of Pulp, like I had it all done 
And like they were set to release it on Halloween and it was like a week before Halloween and I'm watching the video again and I'm like, wait a minute, that little piece of the billboard is sticking out. That's not possible in physics. I need to fix that. <laughs> so I went to um, Astor Grimm, the singer of the Twindos, and I said, I need to re-render the video. You didn't schedule it to get uploaded yet, did you? And she just yelled at me. She's like, yes, we did. It's fine. <laughs> Don't. Don't fix it. It's fine the way it is. You're gonna, you're gonna get like George Lucas and want Very to upload much, yeah. it and, and then do a special edition of it. Oh yeah, it. I, I'm sure that the special edition of Pulp is coming, where, <laughs> where um, um, Trump is actually an actual orange instead of just like a 3D orange <laughs> instead of a little cartoon. Um, and there's like I don't know a lot like more airplanes and stuff or I don't know we'll do something with it. <laughs> but yeah, see, I, I do I do fall into that. Nobody's nobody's innocent of being, you know, an archetype or a stereotype. You know what I mean? Sure. I mean, it's, that's bad to say, but I mean, like, we all have our flaws. <laughs> that wouldn't make us who we were. Well, uh, from a uh, fr from your your standpoint uh, as a uh, as an animator and everything, are you going into these videos saying I have an idea of what to do with this song, or, or are they telling you this is what I want to see, and you're just kind of trying to create around that, or is um, it kind of a little in the middle? It's a little, it, it always changes. It's always different. Like with, with, uh, with Pulp, um, Aster had kind of like, she didn't really have an idea of what she wanted to do. She just kind of went to me job? one day and was like, hey, you want to do a video for um, one of our songs? Do you do that? <laughs> and I was like, I was kind of like, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you're dating, you're dating Matt. Plus, did you not see what I did for him with, <laughs> with uh, how the, how the fragrance blows. Um, so we just started like talking about what we wanted to do. And like, I showed her the um, little cartoon of Trump I made for crust tunes where he was the orange. And she was like, Ooh yeah, let's use that. And then we kind of, from there, it was like a jumping off point. It was like, all right, let's use, um, they could like all drink like Tang, but it's Trang cause it's president Trump and he's an orange. <laughs> and then like, we started like involving Hillary Clinton in there. That's where the mints came from. And we started from there and like, we kind of came up with the idea where she was like, like, well, my parents, like, it's kind of about how my parents are like, you know, Trump supporters or like, they don't really support what I support politically. So we wanted to do that. So that's where like the zombie parents came from. Um, and then, like, we just kept going with it, and, and eventually, like, we ended up doing The Factory, and um, Bready Sanders, the giant gingerbread man. That was originally going to be an army of communist gingerbread men, or socialist gingerbread men, <laughs> but she was like, no, I don't want to be that band that just um, does analogies. So I, we were just like, she's like, what do we just do, like, Bernie Sanders as a gingerbread man? We're like, that could work, but I'm like, I'm making him a giant, though. So, I love it. And eventually just, you know, it was went nuts. Whatever happened in the middle, I don't know what happened. It was just like, it was going yeah. good for like a minute. And then, and then she gets eaten by Brady Sanders and then everything just went to hell. <laughs> but yeah, it came out really good. But that's kind of how that video came about. We just kind of wrote it as we went and it came out beautiful. Like I, to this day, I tell people, this is, if people say, oh, you animate, what do you do? I show them pulp. I'm like, this is the best thing I've ever done. Like, I know season three of Crustoons was amazing. Life is Pain was okay. I don't think it was the best thing I did. But I tell people to say Pulp is the greatest animated thing I did. I probably will ever do. I mean, maybe not. I might do better. <laughs> 
where, where, where can people find that if they're they're looking for it? on YouTube? Um, yeah, it's um, Pulps on YouTube um, on the Hazard Studios YouTube um, YouTube.com slash Ted T E D D Hazard H A Z A R D which is how you spell the name. I hate when people spell my name wrong. People spell my name wrong all the time. There's like three D's, one D, two Z's, two five R's. R's. Yeah. Um, Hazard. Yeah. All the time on flyers, local shows. But I, I'm never. I'm too nice to say. Like I, I'm too nice to say anything. I'm like I see it and I'm like, all right, let's do this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's there's a whole playlist of music videos I've done. Um, back on the writing aspect see like that pulp was written as we went um but other videos like um today we fight with pieces awkward teenager uh leto who does a lot of acting and stuff um he, he kind of had the script already written he's like this is what i want to do if you, you got any ideas just let me know we'll we'll run with it so we just we filmed it as is with the dancers and them playing um but i put in like a lot of uh, b-roll footage just to like break it up and it came out really nice um other videos though like joe billy's rainbow with trash joe billy was like oh you do music animated music videos i was like yeah he's like cool do one for me i'm like well what do you want it to be i don't know surprise me that's <laughs> that's pretty much what joe said to me he's like surprise okay. me so i think i was working on pulp at the time so i'm like sitting i'm sitting on it and i'm like i'm like listening to the song over and over and over again in my car which is how i kind of think of stuff and i'm like I'm like, what could we do here? I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And then I'm like, I'm like, we could have a, it's about racism, so why don't we do a gang war between a box of crayons and a box of saltine crackers? And I just snapped <laughs> my fingers and I was like, that's it. Brilliant. That's the video. And that one, I, I like that video, but I feel like when I did Pulp, I after I finished Pulp, I feel like I was suffering from animation PTSD. <laughs> like I think I had did, yeah. I think I took two weeks off, and then I was like went into doing Rainbow Trash, and I started, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be good. And then the like, second week into doing it, I'm like, oh god, where's my life? <laughs> but you know, like sometimes the the people who come to you, like the bands, like they have a strict idea. Mm. Um, like Tyler in Condition Oakland, he wrote wrote the script for the three videos we're doing um, and just, you know, gave me the camera and was like, you film it, make this a thing and put it together. But the story's his idea, the, the visuals, the images, I kind of have to make them. So it's pretty much a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're doing these music videos. It really depends on the person. Now, we want, we want to make sure we get to, to some of your comments too. Uh... I can't see anything before Zach Hauser, so I don't know if you guys oh God. can see anything before that. But uh, Mr. Zach Hauser says, uh, "Hey Ted, uh, which is a better song, Wagon Wheel or Where Eagles Dare?" <laughs> <laughs> but seriously though, who's your favorite keyboard player you've been in a band with? I don't think I was ever in a band with a keyboard player. <laughs> I, I, I really can't recall. <laughs> <laughs> See. Obviously, Zach was the keyboard player. Anybody out there didn't know that. That's. Did you, did you do karaoke I, with DJ Hyde? Is that a real thing? Who? Okay, that's what I thought. Who's that? <laughs> I don't even know who that is. Some, some internet troll trying to get a ride. It's Captain this. Dislike. It must again. be Captain Dislike, <laughs> assumingly. I think getting internet in uh, in jail. Do they do that now? They have one of oh, those yeah. like white collar prisons. <laughs> 
Well, they, they can put you in internet jail. They can, like, kick you off of Facebook <sighs> for, for, like, 30 days. Is that, like, a real thing? Yeah, yeah. You but, can, like, they kick you off all social media? Yeah, well, they can they can hey, kick does? you off at least, like, one, like, Facebook or Twitter or one of those. They can, who? The, them, you know? You know, Mark above. Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Those... Mark Smuckerberg. That's a Crustoon's character. <laughs> that's that's where I should go in season it. four. Mark Smuckerberg puts Captain Dislike in internet jail, but the Crust crew have to get him out because they need him for something. That's See? brilliant. We're, we're, there you go. We're brainstorming already. Um, so you saw you saw it. The creative process going on right here. <laughs> Any anybody else with, with interesting comments? Let's see. Uh, there's Mr. Popko who. Uh, couldn't make it, but uh, he, f he felt the need to uh, to plug his uh, his show coming up at uh, the Alt 92.1 Radio Theater. But it's okay, because it's the hill you die on, and they're a great band. So, you know, if you're around for First Friday, you should definitely uh, go to that. But, uh, and apparently the delay, uh, uh, Russell Austin says the delay on the video makes me look like a kung fu master. So I, I'm, I'm totally cool with that. I think I have the... Uh, the One Punch Man thing going on with the, the head and everything <laughs> like that. So, um, but I, I, what I, I wanted to get to, uh, you have a video coming out for uh, Condition Oakland, and uh, interesting story behind that because it was shot at the uh, Schuylkill Mall before they tore it down, which uh, they just started doing recently. Yeah, we the production of that video went from fun to hell to. <laughs> It's just a masterpiece. Um, we started filming it. Well, we had the idea to do it since about May. And you know, I started doing music videos. Tyler kind of came to me and he was like, he's like, hey, why don't, why don't we do a video? He's like, he's like I want to do a video for this. And I'm like, I'm like, I'll direct it if you want me to. And he kind of, because he used to be very adamant with things when I, when I volunteered to do them. He was like, you know what? Yeah. Let me just do it. Like, I tried, be, I, I tried to be in the band playing guitar once or twice, and he was like, we don't really need a second guitar player. And then I think about it after, like, the fifth time I asked, he was like, all right, screw it. Just show up <laughs> your guitar to practice, and we'll see if that hap if it happens. I'm in a band now, so I guess, I guess it worked. Um, <laughs> but I asked him, and he was like, just like, you know what? Yeah, you direct it, and I'll just, like, make it happen. So in August, we filmed it three different videos. Uh, it's a trilogy of videos. Um, in one day, and it was like the day after I did Today We Fight With Pieces video in Allentown. So I drove up from Allentown, slipped over someone's house, and we did it from like 9 in the morning to about 9, 10 at night. Um, just all over, um, Frackville, Ashland, Mount Carmel, Centralia. Um, and, you know, filming at the mall was well, a lot easier than I thought it was going to be. I thought we were going to get in trouble immediately. I was like, I was right. like, very hey, nice. We gotta be real careful here because we don't want to get arrested or kicked out. At this point, it's closed completely. It was actually open in oh, August. It was, still open. It was okay. actually open, which is how we got the interior shots oh, okay. of the video. And we got a lot of lot of B roll footage around, um, and you know a lot of the actor stuff in the parking lot. Hmm. Um, and and Joe Watkins, who's from Georgia, maybe he's watching. I don't know. Um, he's the guy in the video well they they don't know what the video looks like you do um going in going to his job and all this um shotgunning a four loco by his car in the parking lot that's <laughs> the one i'm surprised we got away with like i thought like as soon as we did that they were just gonna be like you know what it was fine when you were pretending to 
work inside of the abandoned Kmart, but uh, it was all right smashing the windows out. But this is where we draw the line, the four loco and pretending to do right. cocaine off the back of a um, <laughs> a Chevy Cruze. That's where we draw the line. Yeah. Actually, when we when we finished up filming in the mall parking lot, that's finally when security came out and they saw us and they're like, all right. <laughs> Maybe we should call the cops or something. And we kind of just like slinked away in our cars and drove away. <laughs> well, but, at that point, I, I'd imagine that, you know, your your employment is coming to an end. Should you really care at this point? Yeah. Well, see, like we, we got all of it that day and we we knew like that those were the necessary shots that we had to get right. for the video to work because Joe was only there for like the next day or two. Um, and Jordan, who also lives in Georgia, she was only there for, you know, two days. And so I said, all right, we'll come back next week and we'll get the band shots. We're thinking, how are we going to get the band shots? Um, <laughs> let's go on a Sunday night. No, it'll probably be dark by then when, you know, by the time everybody leaves. Mm. Um, then we're like, you know, why don't we just, uh, why don't we just ask them all? Why don't we just call them up and, and see if we can do it in the mall or outside the mall? Right. Nobody was answering their phone. <laughs> um, we saw a security guard one day. I really wanted to just flag him down and be like, hey, can we, can we film a music video in one of these abandoned stores? But, you know, we, we never got a chance to do that. Um, months and months pass. We get busy. Um, one of our guys works in retail. Um, I, I, my day job, I work in a retail establishment, too, so I know how Christmas gets. So November comes, and it was still like, it's like, like God wanted us to make that that get that shot. He's like, well, I want you to get those band shots. So it's going to be sixty degrees until the middle of December. <laughs> middle of December comes, starts getting cold and snowing, and we're like, this ain't going to happen. We're we're not going to get the band shots. And like, Tyler's like, you should just make the video. And I was like, no, we got to get those band shots. I was really adamant on getting those band shots. <laughs> um, so a couple of weeks ago, still don't have the band shots. Um, it's sixty degrees out in the middle of January. We're like that's the day we're going to get it. And it rains. So we're like, we'll just do it tomorrow. The next day, I drove up there to do the band shots. And the entire parking lot of the Schuylkill Mall is covered in ice. They did <laughs> not treat it. And I drove on the one side. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, I don't think we're going to record today. So I'm just going to go home. My car slides <laughs> with the brake on. And I'm like, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> So at that point, I just went home. I was like, I'm just going to make the video. And came out beautiful. Um, I guess it was meant to be, it was meant to not get those band shots. <laughs> <laughs> so that's coming out uh, next month then? Uh, February 14th. On cool. Valentine's Day. Well, we're, we're saying Ash Wednesday because we don't necessarily celebrate Valentine's Day. Is it Ash Wednesday? <laughs> yeah, same day this year. Oh, wow. So, um. If you're Christian, you know, no steak dinners on yeah. Valentine's Day. <laughs> right. Um, so, uh, fr from now, now from uh, your your music itself, uh, as, as a, a folk punk musician, uh, are you writing from the uh, from a heartfelt perspective, or are you writing more in the satirical sense, like we were talking about with uh, the comics and stuff like <laughs> that? Um, I try to do a little of both. Hmm. Um, a lot of my songs kind of just end up being about like you know, personal stuff. Like, um, the next album I'm working on, is going to be, there's a lot of songs about, um, medical issues and 
Just like, you know, like like how the local scene kind of seems like a pissing match sometimes. Like everybody trying to outdo each other. Um, <laughs> we've, we've talked about that before. So pretty much a little little, little both. <laughs> <laughs> you know, relationship stuff. Uh, used to have huge drinking problem. Don't anymore. So there's that. That's a big subject that always rears its ugly head. As as I as I pour a beer, I apologize. <laughs> we touch on that a lot on the show, really. Yeah, we. A lot we of do. our guests don't drink. Yeah. Or not. Right. It seems to be that way. A little half and half. Mm-hmm. I um I've been sober for like about five years. But if you knew me, well, be- good for you, man. Before those five years, um, I was a terrible alcoholic. Um, to the point where it just pretty much ruined anything I try to do. Like every time I tried to start a band and fall apart because of. You know, me me having like an anger issue because of my drinking, or we try to. I would try to film things or try to do something like animation, and I I would just like blow it off and go get wrecked. Hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm better. You know, I don't I don't miss it. At all. It affects everybody differently too. Yeah, you know, some 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 people, you know, it it doesn't have that effect. Other people, it does. You know, I mean, alcoholism runs in my family too. So oh, yeah. I'm very. When it when it comes comes to this stuff, I'm usually a one or two and done kind of guy, you know, because of that. You yeah. Know? So my father won't touch it. Even right. He just he just won't drink at all, just because he knows it runs in the family. He just, you know, there he has nothing against it. It's just he just doesn't do it. Yeah. Some people like some people have problems. Like me, I have a problem. Like, I'm always like I'm not gonna I'm just not gonna drink again because I know like I will do something I will regret. But some people, um, like I have a lot of friends and bands um, who drink like one or two beers and they're fine and they're done. They're like, like, oops, had half a beer, guess I'm done. Um, <laughs> yeah. And there's like, you know, not, nothing, nothing wrong with that, you know. Absolutely. But I mean, for me, it's just something I don't do. I just, <clears throat> better, better off that way for me. <laughs> Well, I mean, you're you're a busy guy now, so yeah. you probably don't have time for I, that anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't <laughs> even have time to drink, honestly. I mean. Only thing I really drink is coffee. Clearly. Hence the macchiato. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts, you got a free plug today. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you you have a show coming up at the Hazleton Art League, yeah. um, which uh, you've you've played a, you've played there before. Um, I actually run the shows at the Hazleton. Okay. Art League. I'm so part of the board of directors of the Hazleton Art League. So. So you're very involved in in the Hazleton scene. Can you tell us a little bit about? Uh, the music scene in Hazleton. I mean, obviously, it, it you know goes back for you for a number of years, and maybe it's something. I mean, it's I, I don't think it's something we've ever talked about on the show because we usually we're so focused on Scranton Wilkes Well, that's probably that I think a lot of those outlining cities just don't get a shout out like they should. Well, it's mostly because it's it's pretty much non-existent at this point. Mm. See, the Hazleton scene, like compared to what it used to be, it's like barely anything. It used to be huge, like there were bands all over. Yeah. Um, but that's when you were in high school, so you you know. It was easier to communicate with people that you know on a daily basis, unlike Facebook, right. where it's like you send somebody a message about playing the show, and you see that they see the little scene thing come up, <laughs> and they don't get back to you until like the day of the show. They're like, oh, "Yeah, I got work," <laughs> um, and it, it, it's mostly like there were some things that happened in the Hazleton area, um, music-wise, um, that not a lot of people were like really like super proud of, mm. um, like some some companies would move in and, and start doing ticket sales for shows and kind of just killed that vibe of the DIY punk scene. Um, and then there was, there was, um, you know, a cool little folk punk thing going on for a while. I was, I'm proud that I was part of that. Um, with, uh, when East meets West and, 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 you know, me being a solo musician, 
But, it, you know, it's just like a lot of it has to do with people just moving out of the area that were like living there for years. And, and it's really hard to like get in touch with people about like, you know, shows and stuff. Like, you know, it's just like a 31 year old man doesn't run down on the street with a handful of flyers and walks up to a random 16 year old and says, hey, you should come to this without getting arrested. <laughs> right. um, it's so, it's but, so different now. But than, the than cool thing like about, um, I know you guys, you're very tight knit up here. Um, us down there um, in Hazleton, Schuylkill County, um, you know, out towards like Bloomsburg and, and down more south and mm-hmm. writing and all that. We, we It's kind of cool because it's now it's like instead of having a really close knit scene in one area, we're all kind of connected. Like we started kind of networking like. It was like, I couldn't find shows, so I knew Tyler, so I asked him, hey, can I play a show in Ashland, and I'd play a show there. So, you know, he plays a show in Hazleton. Next thing you know, someone else plays a show. We go play a show down in Reading, and, and we all just kind of, like, bridge to each other. And it's really cool, because, like, any given show I do at the Hazleton Art League now, it's bands from all over. Like, I got a, um, in February, I have a band from Rochester, New York coming up. Treadwater. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to be doing a little weekender. Um I actually think the day after they're playing Bart Nerby's um, with us, we're playing that show too, I think. I'm not sure. I don't remember. Um, but, like, we have them. We got It Never Fails. They're from Allentown area. Uh, Van Van Carr, they're from, they're from Schuylkill County. Um, so, you know, you just get, you get bands from, like, all over. Like, Twindos, they're from Harrisburg. But if I say, hey, you guys want to play a show at the Art League? They're their they're game. Um mm-hmm. But that's really cool because then you get to hear the stories about like they're bringing up um, with uh, their local scene. And it's right. really cool to hear the differences of like, you know, what I did when I was younger and what they did when they were younger. Mm. Um, see the similarities and the differences. It's like, well, we used to do shows in a skating rink and they're like, oh, well, we used to do shows at a... I don't know, something like an ice cream parlor. <laughs> um, it, it, it keeps it interesting. You guys probably do some house shows and stuff too, I would think. Um, we used to down in Hazleton. Yeah. Not so much anymore because of the cops. Um, actually, we, we used to do, in 2011, we had two house venues. One was called, I think it was called The Pit. And we did shows at my house and I called it The Hazard Area. <laughs> and... One day, it was like the one year we kind of got a little out of control with the house shows. Mm. So it was this this little yes, those things usually do. this little Facebook pops up named Wendy Decker, and of course we're all like, "Oh, look at her! She's she's cute, cute scene girl. I bet you she's into Pat the Bunny." Um, <laughs> message it to everybody, or like saying like, "Hey, does anybody know when a show is?" So you know, our our friend our friend uh, Razdi, he's like, "You know, that's like a cop Facebook, right?" Like what? Like yeah, that's 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 a fake cop Facebook. They're going on the Facebook as this girl finding out where the house shows are, and they're gonna come to the house shows and they're gonna bust it. So it was like, all right, everybody block her. You'd think they'd like have stuff to do that like wasn't that. Yeah, you somehow would, you well, you would think, right? You know, like we get when you're like, a little you younger. Know what I, mean? I mean, it's like it's different when you're like 31 because like when you're a little younger, it's like you get carried away. You're like you're like yeah, I got these like younger people coming to shows, like these 20 year olds coming to shows. They're, I want to be. They're looking for underage. I want to be the cool guy. I want to say, yeah, you could have a beer. Just hide it under your jacket or something. And then as soon as the cops show up, everybody who's who's overage. 
gets fined a thousand dollars or something like that. Sure. So you know it's it's different when you're younger, but now, you know when you're older now it's like it's like, all right, played the house show. Um, the cops are here. I'm just gonna sneak away. But yeah. a lot of a lot of times these days, if you're older and you're throwing a house show, you're very respectful. Mm. Like if the cops show up, you'd be like, hey, I got wristbands. So you can't do nothing to me. I, I read the bylaws. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's it's real different nowadays. I mean, we still play house shows all over the area, mm-hmm. but um, in, in my area, we don't really do house shows anymore. Um, I'm sure if I had a place that I lived that was big enough, and I had a basement, and was like, hey, I could do shows here. I'd try to try to do it. Um, but having the Hazelton Art League. Um, is actually a, a really good thing for us because now we can have shows there and nobody can give us issues. Like, we don't have a, a designated time to stop. Oh, we cool. don't have um, cops banging on our door saying, hey, if you don't turn down, we're going to uh, give you a $500 fine. <laughs> it's really, it, it, it's it's a real blessing. So, uh, so that show is February 23rd? Yeah. Okay. Whatever that Friday is. <laughs> I don't have my phone right now. That's what I would check it. Sure. Um, let's see. Is there... Does anybody else have any comments or anything like that they want to get in before we uh, we wrap up here? Uh, Chris Decker says, uh, Karaoke with DJ Hyde. What? Could you tell him <laughs> that I never met DJ Hyde in my entire life? <laughs> he knows that. You, 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 you tell him. <laughs> so um what advice would you give to anybody who wants to get into uh animation or anything like that uh, a lot of it you know uh, on, on a side note a lot of it reminds me of uh like the Newgrounds era of, of animation is yeah. that i don't know if that's a compliment well, to you or for, not but I, I grew up on that stuff so i for, I, I really like that kind of thing. first of all i would say run <laughs> run as far as you can do not do, do not get into animation but if you're really adamant on getting into it, I'd say actually go to school for it. I didn't go to school. My stuff looks great, but I didn't go to school. But if I were you, I would go to school um, and learn as much as you can. But really, the key thing with it is practice. You need to keep practicing. If you want to do it, you just got to sit down and just keep working at it. Um, really just like figure out the technique. Um, and just learn. It's, it's always animation for me, at least. It's always a learning process. Like every time I do a video, I learn how to do something else. Like I, I learned how to do so much stuff with animation in the last six months. It's it's insane. Um, but pretty much, it, that's what I would say. Just just keep teaching yourself stuff. Keep learning. Um, just keep at it. Um, but like you're you're saying, Newgrounds. I actually I was brought up a lot on the Adult Swim side of things yes and then we notice a lot of the adult swim stuff is i, I can i can see that influence recycled animation you, you mentioned vasquez too yeah uh, you know i i, was I a, definitely a, see a little bit of that, that a influence big influence in on there. me if you saw my older stuff you'd be like this looks like a johnny the homicidal maniac comic because right. it just was a ripoff of it um <laughs> Until I was like, wait, you know, I should have my own style. Um, but yeah, like I think I, we all go through that phase. Yeah. If if you're any anybody, you know, creative or anything like that, like I, I you know, I, I, the first really edgy stuff that I saw was like Kevin Smith movies. Oh yeah. So I wrote a lot like Kevin Smith 
like growing up, and then I was like looking back, I'm like, why did I do that? Why did I think this was good? You know, at any at any point. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 cute, you know, to like emulate your um, your role models. Yeah. Um, but it's a good way to get started on doing what you want to do, because then you figure out because you're always going to get more influences. Like, I got influenced by that Adult Swim. Joan and Vasquez kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Then eventually I got more into like filmmaking and different types of animation and stuff. So I would change up my style a little bit and my writing style. Um, I actually, I'm like huge into Edgar Wright films. Mm -hmm. Like I love, like Edgar Wright's my favorite uh, film director. Um, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, yeah. uh, The World's End, all that stuff. Um, Baby Driver right now is like probably my favorite movie. <laughs> um, I'm really big into Neil Blomkamp. So, yeah. like, District 9, Chappie. Elysium, yeah. eh, it's okay. It's not the best. It's not the worst. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's, it, right. it's like that. I feel like, like District 9's that in-between ground, but, like, Elysium leans towards the bottom. I, I kind of <laughs> wish they, you know, they were talking about giving him an alien movie. I really wish they let him do that I, as opposed to what we got. I really <laughs> wish they would give him an alien, the Alien franchise, but then I saw Covenant, and I was like, Covenant was good. Yeah. It... It, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hollywood's really, like, oh, it's real corrupt. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know if you're, if you're a wrestling fan, but it's very much, it's like, right now, it's like how WCW was in the late 90s. It's like, it's like, they're, if Neil Blomkamp wants to make an alien movie, but Ridley Scott still wants to make it, they're going to go with Ridley Scott. Right. Um, but, yeah, like, see, that's a lot of, like, my influences. So, but Newgrounds, I was I was into like some of the Newgrounds stuff coming up because there really was nothing else to do in high school except watch Newgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Computer Lab, that basically was just, you know, they can put like typing or computer-aided drafting or whatever they wanted to on your on your class schedule. But really, it was just, it, they could have just put des designated computer time because that's <laughs> what it was. Because half the yeah. time with these teachers, they're, they're, well, at least in the early 2000s, they barely taught you anything with like computer aided. I took computer aided drafting and I was like, oh, cool, I could draw blueprints. Guy didn't teach us anything. Half the time we were <laughs> listening to Rage Against the Machine and um, watching Newgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, to, to, to wrap up then, uh, what, what, uh, what, do you, what do you have uh, next, next coming up? Uh, you have the, uh, the Condition Oakland uh, video. Uh, you have another uh, video as well, I believe. Yes, uh, I'm working on an um, animated video for a band called Aswell from New York City. It's called At the End of the Day. I honestly think, I know I, know I said Pulp was the greatest thing I ever did, but but this might be probably right up there with Pulp because it's very, it, it's more or less, it's not as alternative as Pulp is. It's more or less like contemporary. Like you can show it to your mom and she'll be like, oh, well, isn't that nice? You know? <laughs> Um, cause I know I showed, I showed my mom pulp and she was like, why is there a swastika on there? Are you a Nazi? Are you a white supremacist? And I'm like shaking my head. Um, but there's that. I'm going to be yeah. doing, uh, two more videos for condition Oakland for the songs, not done and palette veins. They're filmed. We just got to finish them up, edit them. Um, and then I'll be doing a video for King Kong hates the wolf man, which that's going to be huge because they're very much they're like a kind of a classic metal band mm. with like a modern spin um and and the singer dave he he wrote the script for the video and and i love it i think it's it's really 
it reminds me of one of the film scripts I wrote. And it's really cool when somebody writes a script for a movie video that's very much like one of your scripts. Because then you're like, well, good, I don't have to make the movie now. They have to just <laughs> use that for this. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of like what um, at the end of the day is. Kind of scratches that itch, so to speak. Yeah. It's like, well, I wanted to do a project like this, and now I don't have to deal with actors as much. <laughs> well, I don't have to deal with lines. They're already there in the music. <laughs> so you're, uh, the Hazleton Art League show is uh, Friday, February 23rd. Uh, we have uh, Treadwater we talked about, Marcus A.D., uh, Ace and the Kings, uh, Never Fails, and Van Van Carr. Uh, so uh, kudos to Van Van Carr. I think you have the... The best band name of the night. It's actually based on <laughs> a video game at the Drunken Monkey in Ashland, Pennsylvania. There's a, there's a video game in there called Van Van Carr. And it's funny because Zach had said to me, yeah, that'd make a really cool pop punk band name. And I was like, let's start a pop punk band. Never happened. Now Van Van Carr is the thing. And, and I'm just over here like, eh, okay. Missed the boat on that one. <laughs> well... <laughs> Well, thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We definitely learned a lot. So uh, we will see you uh, next Wednesday, uh, 7 to 8, right here on Facebook. Uh, we have an interesting conversation coming up uh, about the uh, Scranton Fringe Festival. Uh, you may be wondering, because I'm, I'm sure if, you, if you're in the arts community or if you're uh, a fan of that stuff at all, you've probably seen lots and lots of articles about it wondering, well, what's NEPA scene doing? Why are they sleeping on this story? Uh, we definitely have stuff coming about that. Um, to, to sum it up very shortly, uh, Lauren Cummings, who we've talked about on the show before, Lackawanna County Commissioner, is not a fan of supporting uh, the arts at all whatsoever. And uh, <laughs> big surprise, another Republican who doesn't want to support the arts uh, wants, to, wants to cut the, their, their funding there. Obviously, she's a minority commissioner, so she has no real power. Uh, so her vote really doesn't mean anything anyway. But essentially, she, she's, she's more or less put it out there that, you know, I don't like you people uh, for specific reasons, not just the arts. And, uh, and I just want it to be known that I don't like you people. And the arts community has responded in kind and said, well, we don't like you either. <laughs> so uh, we'll have an interesting discussion about that uh, next week with some of the people who are involved in the Fringe Festival, uh, volunteers, performers, whatever, and, uh, and, and, and kind of stick it to her a little bit. So it uh, should, should be an interesting show. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Please, please tune in. Uh, thank you very much uh, for, for uh, tuning in tonight, and uh, we'll see you next week. See you guys.